Welcome to That Vacation Co. Podcast. I'm Caleb, and today we are beginning a new series, uh, and it's in light of Chanel and Olive's major, major accomplishment of having visited all of the Finger Lakes this summer. Uh, they've, they didn't view all of them this summer. They completed their journey this summer. Let's be clear. Uh, but this is going to be a series dedicated to the Finger Lakes. To give you a little idea of what that is, uh, we're going to be taking you around parts of western and central New York. So this is uh, not the New York that many of you who are listening are probably thinking of. This is not New York City. This is uh, not even technically fully upstate New York. This is um, some parts of it are upstate New York, but um, central and western New York. There's this whole other part of New York that's not New York City. Go figure. Uh, but yeah, this is a wonderful and lovely area. And Chanel is really going to take the lead on this episode. This might be all you ever hear from me. I don't know. Uh, but she's going to take the lead on this episode because really this is the story of her journey and and Olive's through all of the Finger Lakes. I've seen quite a few. Um, but I haven't seen the one that she's talking about today. So I'm going to turn it over to her. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And um, yeah, we're going to kick this series off. Really, we kind of already have because we've covered um, we've covered Skinny Atlas and two of the lakes that are nearest to it. So really, this series has already kicked off. And because of that, I'm not going to cover... <clears throat> I'm not going to cover um, Skinny Atlas and Atisco and Owasco because I've already done that. So um, you guys can view those um, those episodes, not view them, but you can listen to those episodes. Um, we've recently done those because we recently visited those. So um, this beautiful region in central and western New York is full of scenery, talking about the Finger Lakes region, um, full of wineries and outdoor play. The Finger Lakes comprises a 9,000 square mile area that includes 11 long, skinny glacial lakes that run predominantly north to south. Um, They're lakes that look like fingers, I guess. Um, put that little SNL reference in there for you guys. Um, the region extends northward to Lake Ontario. So Lake Ontario is sort of the northern border of the Finger Lakes region. And I'm really not entirely sure what the southern border is. Probably the area that they would call the southern tier, which is really the bottom portion of New York State, I guess. Um, so... Um, it, this area also includes part of the famous Erie Canal. Um, that's something that you can do in this region is take various boats that travel the Erie Canal, parts of it. And you can even um, see how the lock system works, or at least it used to work. Now it's just really resigned to tourism. Um, it's no longer really operational for cargo and things that they used to use it for. Um, but that looks like a lot of fun. That's on our list of things to do one of these days as further exploration of this Finger Lakes region is to take an Erie Canal boat. 
Um, the area is known for its wine. So Finger Lakes region wine is something that you'll hear a lot about in this area. Various Finger Lakes wine trails that, um, that travel through and around the Finger Lakes, especially the larger ones like Cayuga, Seneca, Canandaigua, but really all of the Finger Lakes area is known for its wine. Um, let's see, especially, well, especially, uh, talking about wine, especially, uh, Rieslings, um, that seems to be a world renowned thing for the area is the Rieslings, um, that the Finger Lakes produces also boasts breweries, distilleries, and hard, hard cider producers. So you'll see lots of that in the area. Of course, lots of hard cider because New York is, um, I believe the number one apple producing state in the country. Um, even above Washington State, which is very much known for its apples. So New York and Washington sort of rival each other in terms of apple production. Over the course of the next several podcasts, the next several That Vacation co-podcast episodes we're going to do, we're going to be overviewing this fantastic region um, and things to experience and, of course, the beautiful lakes themselves. There is so much to be said about this region. Like I said, it covers 9,000 square miles and um, there's just so much. We can't exhaust it. We're still learning and finding out new things to do. So um, we are just going to be doing an overview of these lakes. So in this episode, we will cover the second largest finger lake, Cayuga Lake. Um, We will be covering this region in an east to west fashion. Um, so if you are following on a, na- a map, we're going to, we, we started with the easternmost Finger Lakes um, and we will work our way westward, western. So due to the fact that we just recently covered the three easternmost, Otisco, Scanning Atlas, and Owasco, we will not be covering them today. You can check out our previous episodes on Scantown and Scanning Atlas to hear more about those lakes. Um, so we'll just consider, like I said, those part of the series and we'll pick up with Cayuga Lake. So jumping right in, get it? Because we're, we're talking about lakes. So we're jumping right in. Okay. Um, so Cayuga Lake, it is the second largest finger lakes in terms of surface area. And yet it is the longest finger lake. It is 37 point miles, point (laughs) 37.9 miles long. And at its widest, it's three and a half miles wide. Um, so that's pretty wide, but for the most part, these lakes are really pretty skinny. They don't get more than about three and a half miles wide at their widest point. Um, some of them get very narrow. Um, its deepest point is 435 feet deep. For reference, just to kind of give you some reference there, the shallowest Finger Lake is Honeyoy. Um, and it is only about 30 feet deep. I think I've heard 40 in some areas. So 30 to 40 feet deep. Um, and Seneca Lake, that's one of the, that's the second, that's the, no, I'm sorry, the first largest finger lake. Its deepest point is 618 feet. Um, for further reference, Lake Ontario. So one of the great lakes, the closest Great Lake to this area that borders the Finger Lakes region, like we've just mentioned, to the north, it is 100 and, 101 feet deep at its depth. So kind of giving you some reference there. So Cayuga at four, 435 feet deep, it's about half as deep as Lake Ontario, 
but um, it is still very deep with the shallowest Finger Lake being only 30 to 40 feet deep. So 435 feet, that is a lot of water. Um, This lake alone contains 2.27 cubic miles in volume. That's a lot of water. Um, Caleb is showing me that Lake Ontario is 801 feet, and I did say that. I did mention that um, for reference. So Cayuga is named after the Cayuga Indian tribe, um, which is part of the Iroquois Nation, which means Cayuga means people of the Great Swamp. And I can relate because I am from Louisiana and it is a great swamp. Historically, it has been used for transportation, uh, Cayuga Lake. And in 1907, a steamboat ran aground in the lake where some parts were left submerged until World War II when it was excavated for scrap metal. I just think that it's so interesting that there are shipwrecks at the bottom of these lakes. In 2013, another vessel was found about 90 feet long and most likely from the early to mid 1800s. Um, The article I was reading said probably from about somewhere from 1820 to 1850. Um, Little is known about the vessel. The name hasn't even been recovered. Um, But it is likely that more shipwrecks are to be found in Cayuga and the other Finger Lakes as well. Um, I just think that that's fascinating that they're finding these ships under here. That ship alone, um, just given its date, predates the Civil War, predates um, Cornell University, which we'll talk about more in a minute here, which was founded on the southern end of Cayuga Lake. I mean, that's a really old vessel there, just really cool. Um, From what I read in the article, though, um, they're having trouble um, bringing bringing artifacts up to the surface um, due to various state laws, which it didn't go into. But I find that interesting, too. What kind of state laws would prevent them from um, excavating and bringing the remains of this ship up? That's just interesting to me. Fascinating. Would love to learn more, but we've got to keep pressing forward. So, um, Cayuga is known for stunning natural gorges and waterfalls. At the northern end, you have the marshland uh, wildlife refuge known as Montezuma National Wildlife Refuge. It's for waterfowl and other migratory birds. Um, this area acts as a natural filter for the lake. So again, hence the people of the swamp. So the northern end is uh, very marshy, very swampy. At the southern end, you'll find um, Ithaca, which is a, a quaint, sleepy little town that nestles Cornell University, um, which I did get to visit maybe about a year and a half ago with a friend. Olive and I visited Cayuga Lake, and that's where I'm drawing some, where I will be pulling some of this information from. Um, Our little visit, Olive and I and a friend of ours named Carrie, we took a day trip to Cayuga to visit Tahannock Falls and to visit Cornell University. Um, And we did this, I want to say it was April of last year. So April of 2021. And um, yeah, we had a delightful time. It was chilly. It was cold. Um, Winter likes to hang on really long up here in Western New York. So April is a very... um, sketchy kind of month to be out and about. You could have fair weather, but it is very likely that you will still have cold weather and maybe even some remaining snow on the ground, which was the case for our little trip. Um, But it was still very enjoyable. So um, pressing right along. Um, 
near Cayuga's western shores, you can visit what I've just mentioned, Tahanic Falls State Park. This park boasts the highest single-drop waterfall east of the Rocky Mountains. That's a pretty big boast, and I guess that it is true because of things like science. Um, they can measure these things, science. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the height of this single-drop um, single waterfall is 215 feet which is almost 30 feet higher than Niagara Falls, which was really hard for me to swallow, having been to both, having been to Niagara Falls several times. Niagara Falls just seems endless. Um, when you look down over it, it just seems like, oh boy, like this just this thing just goes down forever. Um, Niagara Falls is about 188 feet at its highest, um, at its at its longest depth, I guess you can say. Um, its longest drop is about 188 feet. And so um, Tahanic has got it beat 215 feet. Um, it doesn't look it when you're staring at Tahanic Falls. To me, it just looks a lot shallower and, well, definitely smaller than Niagara Falls because Niagara Falls um, is, is a large expanse and Tahanic is a, is this nice little straight stream. I mean, it's just this perfectly straight waterfall. There's no rocks or anything impeding its fall. That's why it's called a single drop waterfall. Um, so it's not cascading down like other falls. Um, it is very impressive and beautiful to look at, but it just, to me, it does not look like there's any way that it could be taller than Niagara. And yet it is again, because of science. <laughs> Um, they have measured it and the measurements conclude. So it's a fairly easy hike to Tahanic Falls. Um, you can take the Gorge Trail, which is what we did. There are other trails. There's the Rim Trail. And perhaps if you were looking at this fall from above, perhaps it would feel a lot higher. And maybe that is the difference between Niagara and Tahanic is with Niagara, most of your vantage points, unless if you're taking the Mate of the Mist, or you're at some lower vantage point, um, you are looking at Niagara Falls from above um, or or parallel to the top of the fall. Um, So that maybe makes it seem a lot higher than what it is. And with Tahanic, you are mostly, when you're hiking up to it, you are looking at it from below. So you're looking up at it. Um, So perhaps that can um, make up for the perception difference of the height. But um, it's an easy hike, like I said, using the gorge trail from the parking area to the falls. It's just shy of a mile to get from the parking area to the falls. And it's a, a pretty flat, easy hike. I'll say easy hike when you are not hiking it in the winter. We were there in the winter, and it was very flat but very slippery. There was a lot of hard-packed snow where people had been walking, and so um, it made for just like a, a sheet of ice. So it uh, there were lots of slips and slides when we were hiking along this trail. So uh, Sorry, just um, accidentally hit the mic there. Um, I would say definitely watch it if you're traversing this in the winter. But uh, in the spring, summer, or fall, I would imagine this is a very flat, straightforward, easy hike. So two miles round trip, just shy of two miles round trip to the to the waterfalls. There's a nice little um, 
there's a nice little bridge that goes over the little stream there or the the creek there that you're um it's the name of the creek is Tahanek Creek and it is a tributary for the lake it's a tributary to Cayuga so you are hiking alongside of the creek there and then when you get to the gorge where the fall is there's a nice um bridge that goes over so you can stand on the bridge there and really get a face on frontward look of Tahanic Falls and get some great pictures and some great views of the falls so it's a great observation point there um I imagine that this hike would be absolutely stunning in the fall. I think it would be absolutely gorgeous. Get it? Gorgeous. Okay, if I have to explain it, it's not that funny. But anyway, as with most New York State parks, there is an entrance fee collected for a good part of the year, typically the busier parts of year, um, summer especially. Once you start getting into what we call the shoulder season or off season, um, there is often not a charge. Um, at least during the weekday, sometimes during weekends and holidays, there's still a charge. But we visited midweek, and like I said, it was, I think, in early April or sometime in April. So we were not charged to enter, which was nice, but it is a little bit more bleak in the winter. You have no foliage on the trees, obviously, like I said, um, kind of some snow remnants, so not really pretty snow, kind of the yucky Dirty leftover, like I said, packed down, frozen, slushy stuff that can be hard to navigate. Um, so, but it, it's a trade off. You get in for free, but it might not be as scenic and beautiful. Um, the the entrance the entrance fees to most New York State parks are not terribly um, terribly expensive. Usually, I'd say anywhere from seven to ten dollars for a day pass. So you know, somewhere in that range, your whole vehicle can get in. So you can pack as many people as you want into your car. And it's just a vehicle entrance fee. And it's typically good for the day. Uh, Many of these parks, you can purchase more than a day pass, you could purchase a week or something like that. It just depends. Every park is a little different. Or you can purchase the, um, the New York State pass, the Empire pass, I think it's about $80 for the year, and that gets you into any and every New York State Park. With that pass, it's good for one year. You pay $80, you, ha- you keep it with you, and you can visit all the New York State Parks you want um, for that one annual fee. We have done that before. Somebody actually gave us a pass. Um, they were moving out of state, and it was gifted to them. And because they were moving out of state, they didn't need it anymore, and they gave it to us. And it was great. We used it. Um, Often I will check one out from our local library. Our local library has them for rent. You You can check them out for one week at a time. And sometimes I'll do that if I know that I'm going to a state park and want to get around that entrance fee. My local library is great about that for being able to check out a pass during the um, during the warmer months. They're not they don't have it available, I think, during the winter. Um anyway, that's more than you needed to know. But uh there it is. Um across from Tahannock Falls is Tahannock Point and that actually is um overlooking the lake or Um, adjacent to the lake right there. Um, It's a beautiful green space park with an ample playground, a very large, very nice playground. Um, It looked like it had lots of other recreation 
opportunities for warmer weather, um, some sort of boat rentals. I didn't get a good look if they were kayaks or or, or canoes. I didn't get a close look, but some sort of uh, rentals there. Uh, fishing and swimming available. I think they had a designated swim area, but again, um, it was not the season for that. Uh, my daughter played on the playground for a while, and then we picnicked actually in the car because it was pretty cold. She got her fill of playing and then we went into the car to get warm and we ate our peanut butter and jelly sandwiches inside the car overlooking the lake and it was very nice. Um, we also, uh, from, from this point, we left and, and made our way southward to the southern end of Cayuga Lake to visit the Cornell campus, um, but we did make a quick stop to Ithaca Falls, which is basically right there. It's the town area surrounding the campus, um, but we wanted to see those particular falls, which are a lot um, shorter. I, I don't know what the height is on them, but a lot, like a lot shorter, but they're a more cascading type of fall. So the water is cascading over these rocks, and it's really pretty. Um, it's sort of an unassuming. There's no fanfare getting to these falls. They're kind of plopped right in the middle of the city area, of the, of the town area. Um, parking was easy enough to find. Not a lot of parking, but easy enough to find. And while we were there, um, there was a guy who was fishing um, in, the, in, the, in the creek bed there below the falls, um, and he had waders up to his chest and would have to because there was still ice in the water on, on parts. I, we were just astounded watching this guy in the freezing cold water. Um, I guess he was warm enough with his waders. Um, but apparently there's supposed to be very good fishing there. Um, some sort of trout and I believe maybe even some sort of salmon. When I looked it up, I know very little about fish and where they live and spawn and all those things. So... Um, I could have some of that wrong, but I think I read a particular type of trout and salmon is very popular in, in the area, and it's a very popular um, fishing area, area for anglers and, and such, and um, certainly would have to have some insulated waders um, for that time of the year. But I think that was the time of the year that it's popular to go there because that's when those particular fish are spawning or moving up the river, I guess. Um, so that was interesting to see that guy. Um, it made us feel very cold. Um, so that was really nice to stop and see Ithaca Falls. From there, we went right on to the campus of Cornell. And the reason for us going there, um, well, the whole reason for the trip was my friend wanted to go to Tahannock Falls. She wanted to go visit it and, and do that little hike. And I said, you know, while we're out there, would you mind, I'll give you extra gas money, if we go down to Cornell. I love to look at college campuses, especially older college campuses, and this is considered by many to be an Ivy League school. Some don't consider it as much because of its location, and it came along a little bit later than the other Ivy Leagues, but many do consider this to be an Ivy League school. Um, I wanted to see it for the architecture. I love a lot of the old architecture and old buildings you can see on college campuses. And um, for the fact that it's nestled on the hillside there next to the lake, I just figured it would be a beautiful campus. And I also knew that they had a botanical garden. And I like to visit botanical gardens because I think that they can be really nice and really pretty. Um, they're oftentimes a free means of entertainment and a free thing to see. So, and even in the winter, um, I had done my research and read that they have a winter garden for, um, for the Cornell 
botanical gardens, and I thought that that would be interested to see um, what kind of landscaping and winter garden they have um, for a northern climate. When you have to deal with that and you are planning your garden out, a lot of people like to plan for winter plants that can survive the winter and, and look attractive during the winter. So we went to go see this, and it was really enjoyable. By this part of the day, it had started to warm up a little, but it was still kind of chilly. So we explored all over this. There were trails to go on. There was a, I'm not sh- I want to say it was Triphammer, Triphammer Creek or Triphammer River or something. Creek, must be a creek. It wasn't big enough to be a river. Um, but we uh, hiked along that, went over, went over, um, a bridge there and found an, an old observatory that I'm not sure if the college still uses or not. Um, but we did lots of exploring of this part of the campus, lots of just hiking around and walking around and enjoying. We were there during the midst of the COVID-19 lockdown, so we could not go in any of the buildings. We were unable to go into any of the buildings, even to use the bathroom. So we had to actually drive off campus and find a a Burger King or something to go into the bathroom for Olive. Um, after that, we went back to the campus and explored more of kind of the main sort of um, iconic area of the campus that has the uh, iconic bell tower. We stayed there till sunset. They have um, a bell concert there where um, the, the college bells in the bell tower play various songs. I believe that when we're not in lockdown and the pandemic is not happening, you can go up to the top and I would imagine there's some pretty spectacular views up there, probably views of the lake and views of the town itself. The next time we visit the campus, I would very much like to um, find that and get up there and see the views. Um, There's also some great libraries on campus that I looked up that I would love to visit next time. I love to visit libraries wherever I go. There can be a lot of history and, and beautiful things there. And the library that I looked up there looks very beautiful, almost Harry Potter-ish. So I would very much love to visit that library. Um, so Cornell is a beautiful campus. I would recommend um, visiting it if you get the the chance. And here's just a brief little snippet of information, a brief little history of the campus. Cornell University is located on the southern end of the lake, and it is a beautiful Ivy League university founded in April 27, 1865 by Ezra Cornell, who who donated his farm in Ithaca, New York, and $500,000, so half a million dollars, of his own personal fortune to start the school. Um, Andrew Dixon White also helped to found it. He served as Cornell's first president. As you all may know, along, uh, among its fav- famous alumni, um, it includes E.B. White, who is the author of Charlotte's Web and Stuart Little. Um, it also includes one Bill Nye, the science guy, and a certain Andrew Bernard. Root it, did do. do. Um, I'll just leave that one there. If you know, you know. Um, So we had a great time visiting this hillside campus. It was really um, beautiful. Like I said, I'd very much recommend it. Um, We are planning. We would love to to catch a football game there one day. Um, We just think it would be fun to go there and um, go catch an Ivy League football game. Um, I'm not very much into football, but I love um, spectator sports. I I love live sporting events, I'll say that much, because I love food and I love crowds. Um, I don't often pay much attention to what's going on in the field, but I will be there for the food 
and there just to be a part of the the crowd. Um, So I'm winding my episode down, but I thought I would leave this one other fact with you about Cayuga Lake. Um, Just a little fun fact that I came across that I thought was maybe interesting uh, for some of you Twilight Zone fans. If you're a fan of the the old Twilight Zone TV show, uh, Rod Serling, who was the creator of the show, owned a house in Interlochen, which is one of the towns on Cayuga Lake, and spent many summers there with his family. Um, He is laid to rest there, and he named his production company Cayuga Productions after his beloved lake. And so I got that off of visitfingerlakes.com. Some other sources that I used for my information were fingerlakes.org, Wikipedia, and Cornell, um, the Cornell website itself, cornell.edu. Um, so lots of information out there on the Finger Lakes, tons of information, really overwhelming amounts. So that being said, if you would like to visit the Finger Lakes and you're trying to navigate the region and the 11 lakes that are there, we would love if you would contact us, give us a call, um, DM us on Instagram, however you want to contact us. And, um, we can tell you more about the Finger Lakes region. We like to consider ourselves specialists in the area who are growing in our knowledge, learning and discovering new things all the time. Um, but we certainly think that we're a great resource for visiting the Finger Lakes region, um, or any part of New York state that is, we can help you out. We can learn with you along the way. We can help you book things or any other adventure that you may come across. Just let us know. We can give you a no obligation quote. Um, so thank you so much for tuning in today. Stay tuned for more Finger Lakes episodes on some of the other lakes that we're going to cover. We are That Vacation Company, serving you the most delightful destinations.